This episode is brought to you by Podomatic, the easiest way for podcast fans to become podcasters. Go to podomatic.com or search Podomatic in your app store to start your own podcast for free and find your audience. Hello and welcome to episode number 355 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back, back in the cinema at long last. It's been really? a little while. Was it Was it Evil Dead? I always get these confused. I it's feel been a hot like... minute, I know that much. Yeah, was it? Oh no, no, I just remember it was the great boogeyman that left such an impact on us. Um yeah, so and we're back for a, for another. Yeah, I mean, people we wonder were... why we don't go to the cinema all the time <laughs> anymore, and then then you remind us with those treats. Yeah, and we'll we'll get it with this week, and we should probably touch upon like before as well with like the trailers that we saw, and it's just kind of what this year is really for cinema horror. It's kind of wild that there's this weird resurgence, it seems, at least on the face of it, of really? these haunting style films that were obviously so rampant post the conjuring and i really felt like that bubble had burst obviously mm. those big franchises were still going but i feel like just the incredible amount of conjuring likes that that specifically got cinema releases um had seemingly dried up but this year it's crazy like we saw you know we're obviously getting the nun and stuff like that but we saw what at least two or three other just random new ips that are just you know your stereo stereotypical yeah. haunting style film well just like all of these different you know some are trying to you know we saw a trailer for what was it cobwebs that felt yeah. like it was trying to be a bit different but still mm. just in that wheelhouse and yeah it just it feels like every you know this this subgenre is trying to be more like it is fresh and new and it's trying to have these different takes on it again and it's like man how has it redone this cycle like we're meant to be you know we're meant to be getting onto the new cycle that everyone's trying to latch onto and this just seemed to have got round two yeah it's, i didn't it's... vote in the re-election like <laughs> you know that, uh, i'm not happy about it yeah we certainly didn't and but i think audiences are as we'll kind of get to <laughs> yeah. with the way that this movie is doing right now which is mind-blowing to me um but yeah, we're kind of, you know, just shooting the shit because there once again is no news, which I, I again, I feel like speaks volumes about what's happening right now. The, like, there are films which we'll get to and we might just briefly discuss our upcoming schedule actually right now. But like, it's the fact the lack of news is general. Um, sorry, is scary. Like the lack of news in general is scary. Um, I don't remember be it being like this for a, for a while. No, we've know, never had where, this. Where you're, where you're like, I've got nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, there'd always be like a random trailer or an announcement of a film. Like, even when we discussed something like Megan back years ago, when we didn't know anything about it, it was an announcement of a film that was coming in a few years, you know, that had an interesting premise. And like stuff like that was fun to put in the news. Um, and there hasn't been anything like that. You know, it, um... recently we had that, obviously, the like that untitled Universal film for next year that's kind of been in the news a few times. I feel like that's been the only one of that ilk, hasn't it? Of like mm. a, a news announcements Definitely. type film um did did you see the um twisted metal trailer no i haven't when when is the that happening? Do you know? um i think it's like pretty soon it's isn't it i'll have a um, quick look what did you think of it then yeah like i i i thought like it it looked interesting and pretty pretty you know what i want it to be 
Mm. Um, I think because uh, it's got Mackie and Nev Campbell in, you know, two two names of note, and um, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, um, <laughs> that's something as well. Yeah, I think it's like the end of the month, and um, it's um, yeah, it yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it looked good. You know, mm. I think the concept of of adapting kind of twisted metal, the the video game, into this weird post-apocalyptic tv show kind of you know mad max style i'm like okay like yeah i'm, I'm kind of down for this like it could be fun and the cast of people that i like so yeah they, I, like i i definitely want to check out the, the first couple of episodes and see how it goes from watching this trailer you know there's the a couple of the characters from the game that you know i recognize and and just some of the violence that's shown and the car stuff it, yeah like i said i think it, i think it looks like it could be reasonably fun yeah, like I'm definitely interested in watching this. I've, mm. you know, not been the biggest fan of the games, but it's hilarious that this is a game that's being adapted because it's so <laughs> obscure and weird. Um, I feel like there hasn't even been. Let so me have a look. I feel, yeah, I feel like there hasn't even been a twisted metal game for a god knows not how long. A long while, not a long while. Um, no. Yeah, no, like I'd say PS3. It was yeah, it was PS3 generation. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking a yeah. long time ago now. Um, you know decades and yeah. it was already a weird thing to try and adapt anyway but yeah i'm i'm down for this i just read the like the one line premise at the start of the wiki page is awesome oh, um, is, this, is this like our weekly um game of thrones i just this is this is so funny to me it says in a post-apocalyptic wasteland john doe a talkative milkman with amnesia <laughs> which is one of the best sentences ever <laughs> Um, is given a mission to traverse the desolate world to deliver a cryptic passage in order to um, package in order to stay alive. I'm like, like yes, standing, mate. yes. <laughs> um, that sounds ridiculous. The the one thing that's that's not uh, a green flag for me right now whilst reading this is that it's ten episodes, um, which is a lot. But I depend. I guess it depends on the runtime of those of those episodes because ten is a lot by today's standards. Um, especially for what this is but yeah i'm i'm down for this like i've not seen anything i'm definitely just going to go into this completely blind because yeah it's out in a couple of weeks at the end of july um so yeah that's that's a pretty interesting one like i don't based upon the trailer i guess obviously it's difficult for you to answer does it look violent is it like is this gory yeah no there is gore in the trailer that's cool um yeah, because that that was one of the one of the things that kind of you know the 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 video games are known for their their Mm. You know their their violence, and so I think that was important that you know that was going to be in there. And I think like yeah, seeing seeing the trailer it made me think, oh, okay, now this is something that we'll talk about on on the show for that mm. for that reason. Um, yeah, yeah. Because what's oh god, what's the um bloody is it Sweet Tooth or is that yes, yeah, Sweet that, Tooth? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was weren't sure if that was another video game. Yeah, Sweet Tooth. He he kind of appears in the trailer and is just like wrecking people on this like white backdrop and all the blood splatter and I'm like okay, like yeah this has got the violence in which is good. Yeah, that's who Samoa Joe's playing. That's like the only thing I know about the about oh, this. Oh really? Um, yeah. Um, but I didn't even pay that much attention to it then because <laughs> I didn't even recognise that was Joe. Yeah, well, he's obviously, I guess, got a mask on or something. I don't know. I haven't. I literally haven't seen anything in this. But um, yeah, it sounds cool. Like, like what you said. Yeah, he. Yeah, Joe definitely plays Sweet Tooth. Um, but the uh, like, like what you said. Like, if you know, a, a Mad Max style TV show definitely speaks to me. Like, mm. if they're not going to make more Mad Max, then someone else has got to do it. So I'm definitely yeah. down for this. Um, 
So that's cool that we've got stuff on the horizon. Obviously, with our schedule, um, yeah, there's a, a Netflix release, obviously, this coming week, um, which is the new Bird Box spinoff. Um, so that'll be interesting. So we'll definitely be covering that soon. Um, also, a movie that we did talk about in the news um, a couple of months back with a, a really cool trailer, I think I thought, and I think you agreed, was a movie called God is a Bullet. Um, that is now out on demand. So definitely want to get to that because that looks looked great um and then yeah we've got there's a scream unseen upcoming at the cinema so we might check that out obviously talk to me is like the next big cinema release which um i know you said you saw a trailer for that you quite liked recently yeah um, like i was surprised like how i kind of saw that trailer. i was like okay this this is like speaking to me a bit more than like a lot of these ones like you know as as you said we saw a lot of trailers that were just those movies and it just felt like man the summer's gonna be rough and that that was you know we saw five nights at freddy's which i thought would be a little bit of a mix-up and something mm. that again video game adaptation that could be you know funny and then and then it was the um talk to me where i was like okay this is you know may, maybe this could be good so who knows yeah, I quite like the sound of it when mm. we first heard the premise. And I think with it being an A24 thing, I'll always give it more leeway. Like, I still really value them. Like, they don't always do hits, but they still have enough goodwill that I'll always check out any sort of genre stuff they put out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's some there's some stuff. Like I say, that, that movie, The Blackening, as well, I think we're getting yeah. end of August, but that is out digitally also. So there's, like, quite a lot of films to talk about, which is great. So we haven't got to worry about that. It's just weird that it's very barren elsewhere um mm. but, you know the films are the most important thing so at least we have got stuff to talk about and, and i love that it's we're talking netflix here we're talking cinema um you know we're talking digital we're talking tv so there's there's some different stuff here. like we we could do a special on twisted metal who knows like i you know we'd have to see it and see how sort of horror focused it is um i have no idea how they're releasing that either if it's like a weekly thing or if it's all out at mm. once um yeah, we'll figure know. that out closer to the date um but yeah, fun stuff. Uh, shall we? Shall we get into this week's film? Yeah, probably should. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Insidious: The Red Door. So yeah, the the fifth in the franchise, um, which is I think somewhat surprising that there isn't there hasn't been the the kind of plethora of spin-offs. Yeah, that we've I, seen. Was, I was literally going to say that it is surprising to think that there are only five Insidious movies and mm. there are no like spin-offs. Um, yeah, because there's way more like there's more spin-offs than actual Conjuring movies. Um, yeah. you know, it's not even close. So, you know, there's free Annabelle movies. So that's the same amount as the core series. And um it's a bit odd because you could you could almost consider the last two really in this franchise to be spin-offs. Um, that's the thing about Insidious where it's like, you know, the spin-offs just happens to be called Insidious still. You know, the B the B plots just became the mainline story exactly like very quickly it was it was bizarre yeah because obviously the first two films centered around the lambert family um and kind of told their story and then obviously since then the the previous two movies um moved away from that focused on lynn Shay's character and and um i think they were yeah they were both prequels um yeah. and but now we're back to the to the family after all these years so you mm. can kind of 
you know think of this as a trilogy but i think it's it's strange to think of it that way especially after seeing this film um because it's i think it's very different to the setup of those first two movies which we'll get to you know the kind of dynamic of the family is is very disrupted in this one mm. um but it is going back to those characters and i think it was it was an interesting when we first talked about it the, the entire concept of this movie of going back to the father and son relationship um obviously patrick wilson um being the father josh um who also directs this movie um i don't know is it is it directorial debut i'm not too sure um, be, yeah it feels like it is i'm just um, assuming that but <laughs> yeah i might look that I'll up in a, a bit i'll have a yeah. look while you yeah so it is interesting obviously he he you know is he loves the franchise clearly to enough mm. to do that um but yeah and you've still got lee winnell on a story aspect as well but not writing the screenplay um but yeah the kind of father and son reunite after all these years but it's a long long time since those movies obviously chapter two came out a decade ago and in that time people age and yeah. what, what was once a little child in those first two films is now a kid going up to going to college um and it's cool that it is the same actor i think that's something that really puts weight on the film as to why it exists because i think if you recast that it's way less interesting um but i think knowing that is like a special thing where it's like oh that's cool that they literally waited you know nine years or whatever and then made another one and you've got those same two actors reprising those same two roles i think there's a lot going for this on paper i think um, yeah i think in particular it, it is his directorial debut um nice. yeah i think in particular when you've got this you know, young character and you just see that coming of age and see him now as, you know, in, in college and it is the same actor, you know, it's what, it's what we said about probably not that much on air, but when we've spoken, you know, about like Harry Potter and those movies, mm. having those, having those kids become adults on the screen and get captured in that time in their life and not just having a, a different actor play that character older, you know, it, it makes it very special. And I think, you know, this, having him come back the the same actor really does you know if this was if this was Patrick Wilson and someone else playing uh Dalton mm. this would have been just way less interesting uh, from, from from the offset so i think yeah the fact that they've done that is is a real real good win yeah, like I'm, I'm obviously not a big fan or even a fan in the slightest of this franchise, as I've said mm. before. But I do think that's something that it solidified the reason why this film could get made. Um, because I think if you don't do that, it's it's preposterous. You need to use so much archival footage, which they use, and family photos, and you know, it's it's all linked with. Um, obviously no spoilers for this movie but like it's linked to the events of that first film and, and what Dalton experienced and the way they kind of circumnavigated that with the children Ooh. in this franchise where they, they make you forget what you what you went through um, which I think is great like it's the best thing you could possibly ask for in those scenarios really to kind of you know you don't want people to live with the burdens and the weight of these crazy um, things so I think it's cool that it's like oh yeah you kind of forget but it's always lingering there in the background um, and they obviously explored that with, with uh, the father's kind of backstory in the second one as well how that happened to him as a child um so yeah i think there's a lot of stuff here that's like it's coming full circle and i think it, there's a reason why this was made for sure it's not one of those sequels that i feel is like a oh god they really just pointlessly made another one which i which is exactly how i felt about the last film um yeah. hated that movie so so much yeah that, um, that could have been any movie with mm. You know, with a different title, there was no need for that movie to be called Insidious. Really, I know it had <laughs> cast members from other ones, but it just felt so adjacent. Whereas, yeah, this this feels like a 
a true trilogy of movies now watching one two and five <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. which is it which is, is strange it, but that's that really is how it feels yeah it absolutely is so yeah we've kind of touched upon it a lot in this time because i do think mm. the setup's quite interesting but what is what is the rest of the plot i guess yeah well yeah obviously you know you've touched upon it that you know we are rejoining the lamberts kind of years past and dalton is now going off to uh university and kind of um the dad josh is kind of you know reasonably estranged from his family he's separated from his wife and doesn't have a lot to do with his children and is kind of i don't know he it's kind of like he wants to be involved with his children but he also doesn't he's a real awkward character at the start of the movie um and the the his mum uh is basically we we join all the characters at her funeral she has just passed and he's there with his family and kind of um ends up getting kind of uh, kind of like emotionally blackmailed into taking Dalton to university and kind of the two of them kind of have like this trip together to try to kind of create this bond. And it just turns out to be super awkward and kind of they, they have a big argument and the rest of the movie is really, you know, Dalton settling into uni. He is an art major and kind of unlocking his creative, uh, juices from his art and kind of going into his mind and going into a dark place to create the artwork unlocks the hidden memories of what happened to him as a child because as you touched upon both Dalton and Josh have had their memories erased basically they were hypnotized to forget the events of the first two movies um so these flashes and images are slowly coming back to Dalton he's slowly getting more and more haunted whatever you want to call it um spookiness and and then josh has also got similar things happening in his life Mm. um and yeah like this this was a this was a real strange movie for me where i'm like i don't you know i don't like these movies and i don't like these sorts of movies and when this movie started it, it really got my attention early on where i was enjoying this dysfunctional family. I was, I was wanting to see Dalton and and his dad, you know, rekindle that bond. I thought the characters were really good and interesting when he gets to uni. Is it Chris, his roommate? Is it Chris? Uh, Yes. Her name? Mm -hmm. He kind of, yeah, he accidentally gets, uh, uh, roommated with, with a, with a girl named Chris and, and, uh, yeah, those two, I thought she was a great character. She was just not, it wasn't really, com- it was kind of comedic relief, but just her light way. And, and she had a really great kind of on screen personality, I thought. And so, you know, I liked, I liked quite a lot about the setup and it, and the whole art side of things. I was like, okay, this is cool. And he's starting to draw dark things. And it really, like, I really was like getting along for it and probably for like a good chunk of the movie that is going on and things are building well and it's well made. And then it was just kind of, as soon as the spookiness started and the horror started, I was like, Oh yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> and then I just kind of, I just kind of switched off and it just became more, you know, what, what I kind of expected it to be with these almost when the horror stopped and we got back to just them kind of trying to reconcile the horror and, and, and that side of it. Um, I was then back on board. I do, 
I do think there was a couple of jump scares that I thought were effective in this. And and overall, when I come out of this movie, I'm like, do you know what? I think this might be a good one. Like, I think this might be a good one of these sorts of movies that I just, I, I just don't like these sorts of movies. So I just, uh, you know, I'm not fully on board with it and I didn't fully enjoy it. But I think, yeah, you know, of the tons that come out, I think this is better than the, the last two sequels for sure. I think this is better than a lot of, um, yeah, these spooky sorts of movies with the, you know, the, I think you could go to the cinema, have a really good time. And I think if you're an insidious fan, I think you're going to be happy with, with this as a, as a movie from what you've got the last couple, you know, I think this is a big improvement on those. So like, it's a, you know, it's a weird conflicting role that I'm in where I I can all, you know, I can almost get to the point where I can get aside my, preconceptions of what i think of this subgenre and and almost enjoy it but i couldn't quite get there but i can like i said i think i think this might be a good one <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm 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 really stunned by how nice you're being about this film yeah. to be honest like oh, i yeah, massively yeah. appreciate it um oh, because i think i had a moment as well like for for me going into this movie i was giving this the most benefit of the doubt humanly possible mm. um because coming off the back of malum last week and being pretty negative and pretty bummed out um and then being like oh yeah we've got another one of these movies to go watch like i really tried to flip my mindset as much as possible and i i watched a recap of the first four movies and ended up being in a pretty positive spot um you know especially after sort of consolidating the story of the first two where i was like oh there is stuff in here that i really like and appreciate um that is unique to insidious the whole concept with the further and the and the 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 the, the repressing the memories i thought was really interesting um and obviously with his father going through that as well i was like oh there's so much potential here um and then i was with you that i think when once it's set up i was surprised at how much of a throwing out the kind of format it was of like immediately breaking up the family was was a shock to me um you know having him split up from his wife and it being a very sort of unhappy situation he is just this kind of drifter the father and he's you know just not really got a good relationship with his children anymore and he's clearly you know it's clearly fucked him up like i think that's the interesting part is that yes on paper it sounds great to just repress and forget these things Mm. but like the sad reality of that is you're not actually dealing with it head head on um it's a really real reflection of of what a man would be like that's just had a year of his life deleted you know where you are just vacant you know and you don't remember that but it's almost worse because you're just not existing yeah, it's classic trauma repression that is like short term might get you through it, but long term is going to be way, way worse. Um, and so I think seeing the effects of that years later, again, is such a great way to pick up the story. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, oh, I was so in like, like, again, I don't like this franchise, but I could not have been a, a, in a better, more receptive place to enjoy this film. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, OK, I'm on board going to going to college. Cool. You know, the whole art angle I've, I've spoke at length on this show um i think the last time it came up was when we saw new nightmare and it's happened a few times where like i've said before i love the kind of horror convention when it's like a person who's kind of through their art getting out these things that are haunting them and you kind of get this creepy imagery and like is it coming to life and and all that sort of stuff oh it was also in that um there was a bit about cabinet of curiosities last year about it as well um so i've just always loved that as a convention so straight away when he's like starting to draw messed up stuff i was so in on it Mm. um 
so yeah i'm with you i feel like the groundwork was was there and and it just it never got going i think into what in into a film like it it has the premise and then it just meanders for ages like i couldn't believe how slow it was once we got to college and we kind of he he's like dicking around in the further for the first time um i really expected it to move quicker at that point and i and i think all of the cutaways especially to patrick wilson's character bogs down this movie so much and are, and are all terrible um to the point where he shouldn't have been in it on his own i think he should have only been in it as a conduit yeah. to dalton um because all of these scenes that it feels like he was just there on his own in a house are so unbelievably dull and uninteresting they needed him back for the uh you know the finale and they needed mm. to have a reason for him to be back but the the scene in particular when he's putting these pictures on the yeah. window and trying to play it because because the, the his therapist is like play memory game mm. he's like what like kids i'm not doing that i'm no kid and then cut yeah. to him sticking pictures on a window i'm like mate you could just yeah like, of course there was an or, or like course. you know an ipad i'm yeah. sure could not come up with a game like that like yeah it, it, it doesn't exist like, it's just like, god it really is like 20 minutes of bullshit where yeah. it's like yeah we know you need to pop up in the finale because that's what this movie is going to be all about but my god is it so dull so in those moments i was bored out of my mind and really slowed the film down and so then when we were then cutting back to the college i just it needed to go quicker and i think it wouldn't have felt as slow if it wasn't for this um below par sub story which unfortunately is here but then when we get to the college that just didn't deliver either and, I, and i'm with you that i think the characters are strong but my god is the haunting stuff weak i think i think that's where i would disagree with you and what you said about like is this one of those good ones and obviously it's very hard for us to say because this just isn't our shit but i i don't think the scares are effective in the slightest i like i feel like they're so drawn out and boring and and i can only gauge somewhat off the audience which was a packed cinema for us that i feel like wasn't that jumpy at this film um certainly in comparison to some of the other ones that we've seen um so i feel like it really didn't deliver on that front which i think insidious again for a franchise that i don't like is pretty like good for that like i mm. feel like that's the one thing that i'll look back on and be like oh yeah the red face dude and like there are some really good jumps in those in that first film really good ones um, there was and just I, one there was one in particular that got me like a little mm. way in like probably half an hour in and i yeah. can't remember what it was but there was one that got me like the the, the i hadn't i didn't get the time in in my head and it and it, and yeah. it got me but because a couple of them definitely did feel like oh yeah, you've got the the moment that you think it's going to be. Then you've got the double fake of what it's going to be, and then it does yeah. it. You know, it's almost the opposite of what Scream manages to achieve. But mm. maybe it's the exact same thing. But I just like that sort of movie more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, I know that's you what, mean. That's what I thought with it. You know, where I'm like, is it that at this point? You know, when I was thinking back to to Scream Four when we had the um um the police officer and her son kind of scene. And there was all the, 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 the triple quadruple fake outs where the killer was going to be in stuff. Oh, do you, mean, like, do you mean scream? <laughs> no, I mean, scream four. No, I mean, scream five. Sorry. Um, yes. You can see why I get confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, horror movies. Hey, but okay. yeah, scream five. And, um, you know, there was the fake out multiple times and I love that was one of our favorite scenes of the movie. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's just because that's in the genre that I like. And that's why I'm like, does this do a good version of that if you like this equivalent? And I just I just can't tell. 
<laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't think it does. I, I, I think like, even compared to Malum last week, I remember specifically two moments in that movie that really made me jump, and there wasn't anything like that in this. And I think it is a shame because, yeah, like I'm not going to judge a movie like this, obviously not, about that, because that's the thing I don't care about anyway. Um, but sadly, that stuff sucked it it the there's the sub story that bogs it down and then i couldn't believe just the general lack of plot i think what's interesting about these movies these types of haunted movies in particular insidious and even like the conjuring and stuff but very specifically insidious is that they almost have too much story at times like it gets so complicated with the further and the backstory and which demons haunt and who and what are the rules and how do you beat these things that like I was almost stunned the lack of story in this one. Mm. Um, it felt so weak where I was really waiting for like the here's the demon of this, here's what this is about. And it, and it really felt like it was just not really about anything. Specifically you know, the red door as well. There was no mm. like actual, you know, mythology around what that is. He just kind of accidentally drew a red door because he bled and then, then like went into the upside down or whatever they call it in this franchise. Yeah, the you know? further I, I feel like it. Yeah, I, I do think that yeah, there was going to be some story stuff with that, specifically tying it into more of his father and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't know. I, I do think they, to me, they bungle what we talked about at the start, which is the best setup of the 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 return of Dalton as a young adult. I, I think he's just irrelevant because whilst it's cool on paper knowing that going in i think if you just watch this movie this is like any generic protagonist of this style movie this could have been any of the family in the boogeyman and it wouldn't have really changed the impact i had on this film and i think that's really disappointing because i think you have such a cool history there with dalton and, and and his father that just isn't explored and you do get to some stuff at the end but i feel like this is like so many of these types of films that i felt so exhausted by the end of this one similar to boogeyman when i was like so desperate to see what the boogeyman looked like and then by the point they actually wanted to show it i just stopped caring at that point and i feel like it's very similar with this that once we actually try and get some some story roots in us and tie things back to the original film it kind of already lost me at that point um so like ultimately i was i was disappointed by this not because i was like oh it's another one of these movies and it's terrible but because i feel like it had so much promise um and it really could have i think contextualized the franchise in such a cool way like this could have been the best way to end this on a on a strong note um and i feel like i would have walked away being like you know what i always talk shit about this franchise and maybe i was wrong um and i would have potentially revisited the first two certainly not three and four anytime yeah, soon yeah. ever let's not, um, let's not get ahead of ourselves here but yeah, but it didn't. It di it didn't compel me at all to be like, oh yeah, like because now you know, having seen if this was a, a compelling, interesting film, I would have liked to have directly compared because I've seen Insidious once, like a year after it came out. Mm. So I would have been interested to be like, oh, you know what? Even though they show clips and I've watched a small recap and I can I can vaguely remember it, I would like to actually sit down and watch it and be and then see that kid at Dalton and be like, oh, I know the conclusion of this character's story and it was such an interesting way it all ties together. And it didn't, it, like I said, it didn't have any of that. It, he was just a dude. You know, he was just main generic protagonist of this, of another haunting film. Um, the, the bit I found super weird was when he kind of figured out like, oh, okay, the further and like, yeah, it's not just a cool thing to try to stalk, on, stalk people while they're sleeping. Like, this is actually like, dangerous mm. and he's like oh 
I need to go back to the dorm, the the the, the sorority house, to like speak to the dead dude there because he gave me a bit of a warning. And I'm like, <laughs> is that really the best way? I know. Like, like you can't can't you try and figure it out some other way, mate? Like, it just felt so weird that he's like, I'm gonna go see that crazy ghost that screamed in my face, like in this in this dangerous scenario. <laughs> Yeah, well, that felt like another part of this movie that was just kind of um, dragging out a bit that was cool. So, like, I think that initial scene when the two of them go to that party and and all the reasoning for that is great. And I think that's that is like the best sort of 10 or 15 minute chunk of actual characterization from everyone. Yeah, Um, because it's the the stuff with the the girl more than anything, you know, because she's probably the best character in the movie. Yeah, like that is another weird thing is actually is that Dalton is very passive. And and again, we've talked about that's, you know, kind of a, an, an irk for me is is the passive protagonist and how it doesn't yeah, generally work. For sure. Yeah, like she's the one who's like, we need to go to this party. We need to do this. And then whenever he tells her a little bit of information, she always, she's like, OK, so this is now the plan. I'm now the expert on this thing that that you're the you're the legacy character here that the that the people have come to see but this brand new character is now explaining it all and and then the other character who's a legacy character who's the big star of the movie patrick wilson he's just off doing this random shit and he's just he's a bit depressed and his life's shit he's broken up with his wife his mum's just died his kids fucking hate him it's just sad like it and, and there isn't yeah. i don't think it has like a, a redemption arc or like a a justification for that sadness it kind of and that is somewhat realistic because Mm. this isn't a classic kind of hollywood ending but it is just it does just kind of bum you out where it's like man i I would i would have i like to pretend that this hat that this family were happy but now i've seen the sad reality that it was all gone to shit and then it ended shit and it's going to continue to be shit for all of them (laughs) you know i've had people joke to me before saying like i like horror movies at the start when everyone's happy and life is okay Mm-hmm. and then when it goes to shit that's when i don't like it and it's like yeah movies like this is where like it's already shit mm. and it is you know it's a bit it, it was boogeyman wasn't it that was like it as yeah. well where it was just like it was totally depressing like dead yep. wife at the start of the movie and it's like yeah this movie starts with a funeral mm. and like yeah you know the, at the end of the like start of the movie when you meet these characters if you're like okay best case scenario like when we get to the end of this movie, Josh is back with his wife and kids and like happy with them. I'm like, he's still been absent for years of their life. Mm. Like, so the best scenario is, is that they just have like a good relationship now with their shit dad. And it's like, yeah, it just, it, it, I did. I definitely did have that moment about 10 or 15 minutes in where I was like, man, this, even though I was in it, I was like, man, this is another like, sad movie where i'm like no one's happy and, it, and it's a shame because you you know i like it where i do like it at the start of the movie when things are okay and then it goes to shit like whereas this was like actually the haunting at least give these people a reason to be like miserable yeah i, I think um, there's a really good comparison comparing it to yeah. um the boogeyman recently because i do think both these films are they start in a place of misery and there isn't much progression and i think that ultimately you can say yeah it's more realistic like i said before and i get that i don't want it to just be like a a caricature of a happy ending but at a certain point these are supposed to be entertaining and supposed to be enjoyable and i like you know we love the last of us don't get me wrong we can love miserable stuff but like it is 
a bit annoying where like i would like to see something like unwelcome for example that has a horrific event at the start of that film but i never felt hopeless for that couple i always felt like there could be redemption and Ooh. i and i i was on that journey with that couple because i believed in them i believed that they could make a happy life out of a shit situation whereas yeah. in the boogeyman and in this it was almost like this i believed it more because i really thought it would have a more upbeat thing and tie it together you know especially when you set up such an unbelievably the first 10 minutes of this movie is so unbearably miserable where like everyone hates their life that you see there isn't Ooh. a single happy person in this and then yeah chris is the yeah, only chris. person yeah, chris is like, the say, only like kind of in the movie really yeah like everyone else is just miserable and and like um what's what's his name uh nick the dick i think he's pretty happy with himself yeah nick um, the dick he's 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 living his best life you're right <laughs> yeah so um, thankfully he's he's the light if nick the dick is the light in the darkness your movie's got problems yeah yeah he's no firefly that's for sure but i think <laughs> as well like i think with chris though even with with her like she's getting this like fairly aggressive bullying towards her and being mm. treated like an outcast and you see a couple of times where you, it's hurt her and she is sad but she puts on a brave happy face like she isn't just this singing dancing happy character she's just she is just trying to make the best of it even even herself you know um you know that's the whole point of when they go to the party she's like fuck these guys like they don't want us to be here but fuck mm. it let's just go take the piss out of them and it's like you know so it's still like this this still you know quite dark place that she's in just she puts a brighter spin on it um i think josh as well like he is just and and again like you said it's it's probably realistic i don't know because people don't tend to get years of their lives hypnotized away but like he's so vacant and annoyingly so that like when he's speaking to the wife and he's just like yeah, I, I want to be there for the kids, but I just, I just can't commit. And I'm like, oh, just fuck off. And like when, and he's talking to the therapist, and he's like, yeah, I just, just haven't been able to do anything for the last twelve years of my life. And I'm like, dude, like, mm. why is it taking you this long? And it just, yeah, I just found him a frustrating character because he was just meandering through nothingness, and it just felt like he would forever do that. And and but then the red door got unlocked, you know, and without that, he would have just continued to just meander through life, just kind of existing. And, um, like I said, that's probably realistic. You know, I think for people that have had to deal with real tragedy and grief in their life, they certainly do just exist for a period of time and that's how they cope. Um, you know, but it's just, that is a very difficult thing to portray on screen for entertainment. Yeah. Like I think his character in these films he's almost probably trying to be a complete counter opposite to his character in the conjuring films because i feel like for me their love for one another and their relationship is really what is what drives those films and why i have such a good time watching the conjuring films because all the shit happens but i, I know that they always have each other mm. um and they'll always get through it together and again you know we keep repeating the same thing is that realistic probably not but i don't i don't watch the conjuring or insidious for realism like i will never do that and i much prefer seeing him you know 
go to a family that are in the shit and and bringing our guitar and singing elvis and getting people feeling like there's some some light in the room for a change rather than what he does in this film which is just go sulk and look at pictures and be miserable on his own like i know which one out of those two i'd watch a million percent over the other one um and and like i say i don't whilst i see the argument for one being realistic over the other i don't care and i know which one i prefer um so yeah it's it is a shame like this one is it's been interesting um mm. which i'm glad this isn't like a boring you know waste of time film like some of these other horning films um like like we said at the top i think there's totally a reason why this should have been made and why it was worth a go um i'm disappointed because i think this is wasted potential i don't think this is a wasted film or production or anything like that i just think that there was potential here for a really cool interesting conclusion for this decade-long story um and i don't think it does it whatsoever and i'm I'm curious like again i'm speaking from a place of i'm not a fan of this franchise so i'm not speaking authoritatively at all Mm. um i'm just giving my opinion on it um i know you're a bit softer but i know you wouldn't really consider yourself a fan of it either but i know you like the films more than me yeah i'm certainly not a fan of the franchise but i do i still think that this is you know a good version of this type of movie and i think this is for people that like the franchise i could see people walking away satisfied with this Mm. um you know and and so yeah i i do i do think it 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 isn't kind of I think like like what we said with the conjuring, I think when we get a conjuring movie or so far when we've had a conjuring movie, when we know it's got the you know, the word conjuring in it and, and it's not one of these spin offs, the bar has been quite high. And I think mm. like I think this does a job you know, it does a better job of being like, Oh no, an insidious movie means something 'cause I I do genuinely think the last two it 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 almost, you know, was to its detriment having the insidious name yeah um where because it just felt like oh god this is a, this is b tier you know instantly whereas this this does feel closer to that for this subgenre it's just it has to be super elite for me to be even interested in it yeah and i think that's interesting because they they've been um surprisingly kind of defensive of the conjuring name like or protective i should say mm. in terms of it is crazy that they're not they don't just chuck that out there they don't just bog it down whereas they have done that with insidious they have put out i think two pretty bad films before this and so it's kind of like it's interesting that people have shown up for this like i think the return of these characters whatever the marketing was or whatever spoke to people in the sense of like people knew this wasn't just another throwaway insidious movie Mm. um and it is actually tying it back to the original because yeah this movie is done unbelievably well it only just came out this is like worldwide because i don't think this had come out like in america before or anything like that it just come out in all markets um and it's already made 70 million this weekend which is insane like i feel like the best horrors of the year usually finish at around 100 like i think scream is usually like in the 90s around that mark and stuff like that so like this is unbelievable and obviously it'll have a huge drop off second weekends like every film does but like this is probably going to hit 100 million this is probably going to be like if not one of or the biggest horror film of the year financially um and i just didn't think insidious had that sort of weight um so it surprises me but yeah people are showing up i hope people are liking it like um, i have no idea what the reception of this has been um but yeah i think i can i can totally see your point that this yeah this could work with for some people and i think it was yeah, for me, it is just a shame because I was 
whilst not a fan of this franchise, I was in the best place I could possibly be ever to watch Insidious 5. Like, I could not have got myself more amped for this, and I gave it so much of the benefit of the doubt, and I had moments when I was fully in, and it still didn't grab me, and I think that's what was disappointing about this one for me. Um, So, yeah, I think as far as recommendations go, I... I definitely couldn't possibly recommend it at the cinema. Um, yeah, outside of that, again, I'm, I'm, I, I couldn't speak for my own place. Like for me, I didn't, I didn't watch this. Oh, sorry, I didn't enjoy this enough to recommend it to people. But again, I, w- I would say you need to know how much you like the Insidious franchise because yeah. I didn't watch two of the last ones either. Um, you know, so for me, it didn't work. Uh, what, what about you? Yeah, like, do I give a personal recommendation for this movie? No, because it's not my cup of tea and I don't, you know, I wouldn't recommend almost any of the, you know, maybe the first Insidious movie back in the day, potentially, but but not not at this point. And so I, I don't recommend it in that way. But I think if you're a fan of the franchise, then for sure I recommend it. I think if you, if you've, after you, if you've seen four Insidious movies and you still like it, then you should definitely see this. Because this is an upturn on the last two, and I think if you like this subgenre, I think you you can all, you'll also enjoy it and should give it a punt. But personally, yeah, still still not for me. Yeah, like I think it is. I always like you know talking about the context, like what we just said, because mm. I think context matters. Um, and it's like when we talk about a movie like Sick, where we're like, this is probably not going to be for you know people aren't going to enjoy this as much as we have because we're so into what this type of film. Yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You got you got to put that out there. I think it's you, important. You do, but I think ultimately we've been doing this for seven years and if people are listening, they just want our thoughts on it. And and yeah. whilst I think it is cool to get that sort of wider variety again people know this isn't our type of thing but we're still giving our thoughts on it and so yeah like it it just it wasn't for me sadly um but yeah this wasn't like i don't think i won't look back on this like i have some of the other ones like there's already other haunting style movies like a boogeyman yeah yeah and and even some of those other trailers that one of them i couldn't even remember the title of that's so unbearably generic where it is literally called like the haunting of mary sue or some bullshit and it's just like those type of ones are just going to wash over me to the point where we're probably not going to cover them because i just don't see what we're offering (laughs) at that point um other than just like i try and not have the same conversations all the time and i think us just saying like yeah this isn't our sort of thing isn't as interesting as you know if we see a I think Evil Dead is a prime example of like we gave a pretty different opinion on Evil Dead to the majority and I think we were speaking from we both absolutely adore Evil Dead and I think we laid out the reasons why that just didn't work for us but I'm happy it worked for a lot of other people. Um, But yeah, that was our discussion on Insidious the Red Door. I will take a quick break and we will be right back. So yeah, that's uh, that is pretty much it. That's... I um, I do have something pretty exciting to share with you. 
it better not be Terminator 2 related because it's not it's not Terminator 2 related we've already watched it together this week so we can't talk about it on the show <laughs> we have and I mean you've gone down that rabbit hole now but it's a, it's a great time wasn't it you know yeah, I will it's like trapping me in a place where I can't escape it so I feel like yeah. I'm not gonna have uh, any say in it anymore no it, that that's gonna be just your constant at this point when, <laughs> whenever we have 10 minutes I'm just gonna put on a bit more Terminator 2 <laughs> um because i think it's interesting to watch that movie kind of episodic almost you know split it over <laughs> yeah. you know bite-sized chunks and see if you can get the enjoyment that way as well it's just you know it's 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 it's, it's a different idea it's a, you know it's the whole idea of the spin-off podcast to do these different rewatches. i would argue um, that whilst there is clearly a best way to watch terminator 2 i i can't think of a way in which the movie would not be great <laughs> no that's that's what i mean that's the challenge yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the challenge to to get me to stop enjoying Terminator Two is the kind of you know <laughs> that that's the you know that's the that's the to get the you setup. to stop enjoying it literally mm. impossible to get me to stop enjoying it I still think that's impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean that's that's the thing you know it'll be both of us and and yeah eventually you might get there and then is there a point you can do that to me? Yeah, yeah. will it be like Clockwork Orange? We just have to like thin <laughs> my eyes open and shove me in front of it for like weeks i think even then i'd just be like singing guns and roses and like, having a yeah. great time i was listening to that song earlier today you were. Yeah. fucking hell i've actually got something to talk about like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i want to talk about terminator this is the ultimate throw i love it because um yeah i watched a little movie that we both seen and adored and have spoken about quite a bit um mm. and it's finally out there for people to watch which is really exciting um and that's lola oh um, nice yeah, I got a little rewatch in. There's a there's a Blu-ray that's out there now. I think it's coming to to stream in um in in a month or so. I think it said. Right. Um. Uh. And yeah, I got my rewatch in, and the, the movie's fantastic. It really is something special. I think it was one where when it start, not even when it started. Before I put it on, I was like, "Have I put this on a pedestal?" You know, was this was this kind of just this cool Fright Fest experience that should stay at Fright Fest? And opening credits, kind of in the opening montage, I was like, nah, this is this is great. And then the second they kind of have the 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 David Bowie kind of flick to him and then they play play the song while we get another montage, I was like, Oh no, this is this is gold, this is fantastic and kinda um yeah, I I, I really loved it second time round. there's just the, the, i don't think there's anything about it this week and i think it has such a great plot to begin with this great dystopian future when they kind of change things um and then you know a really satisfying ending for me as well um so yeah it, it was a great rewatch. If if anyone hasn't heard us talk about lola it's a really it's an obscure movie. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a horror movie. You know. It's a sci-fi movie. It's Irish production, mm. um, and it's set in England right at the start of World War Two, where these two sisters have created this um, this machine called Lola, where they can they receive broadcasts from the future. They can kind of spin the dial and see. Yeah, a, a broadcast from the future. The further they go into the future, the more they can only see something that was 
hugely broadcast. So, you know, First Man on the Moon, for example, as opposed to if they broad if they try to flick the machine to tomorrow, they'll be able to see all the news stories because it's easier to get that signal. Um, and yeah, they kind of discover music and everything from the future, but then World War Two hits and they start to see the attacks on London and the attacks, um, you know, everywhere. And they decide that they have to get involved and become, you know, uh, try to give warning because they can preempt where these strikes are going to happen. And in doing so, they changed the whole outcome of World War Two and kind of that, you know, that in itself is just such an interesting synopsis i think it's such an interesting setup it's entirely a black mirror episode um but then just the way that this movie is shot and the way it looks you know it's this this kind of film film reel size kind of recording that's entirely black and white and kind of so much of the war kind of footage is is this archival footage that the filmmakers have found but then they've manipulated it to turn it into their dystopian future uh or yeah i guess yeah you know this this uh branching you know timeline that that you know isn't real and um and yeah i just i just thought it was fantastic second time round and just something that i think if you love films and you love things in this genre then you know you, you should be able to kind of bleed into sci-fi and, you know, we've spoken a lot recently about Black Mirror and, you know, certainly if you're a fan of that, then you've got to seek this out any way you can because it's, it's really special. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're a fan of any sort of time travel, um, mm. because I think it's one of the best of those. I'm buzzing that this is finally out. Um, okay. Yeah, this only came out a week ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were waiting so long for this. I know, so. I've been waiting. That's why it's like, you know, it's great. I'm I'm yeah. so happy that this is finally out because yeah, this is an absurdly good movie. Like it, it really, it's funny that it's also time travel, but it really reminds me of a movie called Primer back in the day. Yeah, which, yeah. when you find just this such a tiny, small indie gem of a film that you know you're gonna love forever, and yeah, this movie is so incredible. And to only have seen it once at Fright Fest, which is whilst it was unbelievable and awesome, and we loved it, it that is such a crazy way of watching films. You know, like yeah. we saw five other movies that day on a, at the cinema. So I cannot wait to just one. I'm going to buy this, and then one evening I'm just going to put aside my time and just switch off and watch this. I cannot wait. I'm so looking forward to the rewatch. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's great it's news. Limited. That is, yeah, definitely be talking about that in the coming weeks. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, definitely. Everyone, everyone, like I completely echo what you said as well. Like, everyone, it doesn't matter what genre you're into. Like say, if you're even remotely a fan of Black Mirror or any sci-fi in general, um, you know, you've got to see Lola. Um, look it up. Yeah, brand new movie. Um, so most people wouldn't have heard of it, and there, there is a lot of it's a shit title because it's such a hard yeah. thing to track down. Um, but yeah, it's just Lola on its own, and you'll yeah. you'll figure it out once you kind of look at the box art and realize it's like a black and white time travel movie you've you've got the right one um yeah, so you see if you see in color you you've got the wrong movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, for sure yeah emma, emma appleton it kind of stars which is probably the, the biggest kind of name attached to it so right. yeah if you kind of see her um then then you know you're in the right place yeah, that, that's one of those directors that, like, God knows when he's going to make something else, but I really want to see it. Like, it might be something that just doesn't work for us, because who knows what someone like that would make. But 
it really is one of those like one cut of the dead style films where yeah. you watch it and you go how could someone have possibly the, the coming up with the idea is one thing but actually getting it made is something completely else and like i say with the way he shot it with these old style camera uh, cameras let alone getting the rights to the songs that he has that play yeah. such a pivotal role in the film I was say, to get bowie like that and, yeah. and others as well for our you know i can't remember a couple of the ones already because that one really hit me yeah, well, that plays um, yeah, such a huge great. part in the story. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It's like it's not yeah. just there, and it's great because no, Bowie's like name checked multiple times. Mm, like he's a part, he's a character in the mm. film, and he so really I think yeah, that's awesome. Is like however that happened, it's so great. So yeah, that's such an awesome film. That I just if, think if it gets a point that like you're indie enough that you just yeah. get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, like, also, they, I feel like you just have to have the right people to say like read this because I think if you're or even show some of it like it's so good like, i think that's the thing you almost want a time machine to be like i'll show you the completed film maybe the film was completed but actually that makes no sense because if you no. don't get the rights to bowie you're gonna have to change no. a lot yeah. um but it's I like if you show like, the finished film you'd be like yeah. no trust me it's worth it like i we're doing him a, a service <laughs> yeah and you could get that from the script i think with mm. it, you know because it's such a special unique idea and then and then the second you know, because of the because of the way he shot it, like I say, with his archival footage and getting getting this stuff and manipulating it, he clearly had some of that as well. Like as soon as you show some of that and the concept, mm. I think you can just see that it's it's just it is so incredibly made. It really is a work of art. This movie, yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, that's awesome stuff. So yeah, like I said at the start of the show, back on uh, Netflix for next week. We've not been on it for a while for yeah. a, a film. I don't think I can't even remember the last netflix film that we covered have we covered yeah, I mean, any this year you're not you're not going to get that answer from me are i you? i think we have when you mentioned malam earlier it took me a good five or ten yeah. minutes to remember what that movie was about so. <laughs> yeah the, the less said about malam the best um but yeah i'm looking forward to it it's weird that it's this spin-off that's what five, about five years or more after bird box um but yeah, it's interesting. Like I like a movie like that because whilst it's in a franchise, uh, you know that we know, I know next to nothing about this. I've not seen us. I don't even think I've seen a screenshot actually, um, or any. Well, I, I certainly haven't seen a trailer. I like, still I'm don't assuming... believe it's a movie. To be honest with you, because it's only you that's like been like, oh yeah, there's this Bird Box sequel coming out in this different country. I'm like, yeah, okay, bro. Like... Yeah, because like, I'm assuming it's in Spanish as well, but I don't know that. Like, I it genuinely could just start and be in any language. But I, yeah, we'll we'll find out next week. Next um, week, where's <laughs> no <laughs> we gotta talk this about movie. new films no this movie doesn't exist mate and when we figure that out we have to just do Wes Craven <laughs> yeah if it doesn't exist we'll do Wes Craven <laughs> um, but yeah for now uh, that was episode 355 uh, thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could How could I start now? Honey, I'm down It's not that I need ya Look at me now You've made a